Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck is here to talk about the Great Reset and his newest special. And Chad Prather stops in as well to discuss his run for governor. You can watch the show completely free. Just head to StuDoesAmerica.com to find out how or consider a Blaze TV subscription. Head to BlazeTV.com slash Stu and enter the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And for today and tomorrow only, you'll still get 30 bucks off. Don't miss out. The code is Stu. Uh, you want it more? We've got it for you. Tonight, we examine the best and the worst while we do the third Stu Does America Cancel Culture Olympics. Stu Does America. Holy crap, is the world screwed up. I mean, it is, it's not going well, people. I mean, 2021 seems to be a lot worse than even 2020 was. Uh, there's all sorts of disasters out there. You can sit back. You can watch the world burn and, and cry tears, or you can enjoy it a little bit. And that's what we're going to do today while we have the Stu Does America third, not quite annual, but seemingly way too much, like way more common than annual, Cancel Culture Olympics. We go through all of America and the world to find the best cases of cancel culture, people being canceled and destroyed for absolutely no reason at all, and we bring them to you every single time we do a new Cancel Culture Olympics. Why do I feel like we're gonna be at like Cancel Culture Olympics 80 by the end of the year? I don't know. Let's get to the bronze medal. The bronze medal comes from our friend Brian Lilly up in Canada. Brian uh, brings us the story of a mother-daughter team, Kelly Childs and Aaron Weatherby. They opened up a uh, bakery in uh, Burlington, Ontario, selling plant-based, gluten-free, peanut-free, dairy-free, egg-free, and vegan desserts. I mean, a lot of that would just been covered with vegan, but it's a little bit repetitive. That's not why they got canceled. Their website describes the bakery as, quote, an inclusive place where everyone can indulge guilt-free in any of their mouth-watering desserts. Sounds super mega-woke, right? In 2014, they got a book deal with Penguin Random House to produce a book uh, with a bunch of recipes in there, and it sold really well. And so they got an extra book deal, another book, a second book. What a great triumph for a mother-daughter team in their vegan bakery. Unfortunately, on June 2nd, 2020, they went on their Instagram uh, account, and they posted the, the Blackout Tuesday thing that everyone was doing that day. And they posted a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. It said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Apparently that wasn't, I don't know, if didn't hate white people enough or something. Uh, the quote had a black square on it. it. They did all the things they were supposed to do. Got 1,200 likes on Instagram, but it also got some negative comments. Yes, uh, a very negative comments. C accusing them of performative allyship, whatever the hell that means. Um, some said they were racist, homophobic, and had the wrong political beliefs. Lots of nasty personal comments. When they deactivated the comments, then they were accused of silencing black voices, which is not even, I mean, they silence all the voices. When you turn off the comments, that's kind of what happens. Uh, some of the comments came, however, from past employees, and according to the women, from accounts run by people who run competing vegan businesses in the area. This is like the Canadian vegan mafia. That's what happened here. What was the result of all of this? Well, you'll be shocked to hear the campaign was successful. The book deal was canceled. And uh, it, Penguin Random House actually claimed that Kelly and Aaron had engaged in conduct that reveals prejudice against black people. End quote. 
All of this for quoting Martin Luther King Jr. in honoring George Floyd. So congratulations to Kelly and Aaron. You have won the bronze medal in the third Stew Does America Cancel Culture Olympics. Let's go to the silver. This one is a complicated story. Let me bring you through it. Here is a photo, a, a, a picture that was tweeted. Photos have now emerged that Rachel Kirkconnell was at an antebellum plantation-themed fraternity formal in 2018. Who the hell is that person? I don't know. It's someone on The Bachelor, apparently. I don't know who it was, and I don't know much about them. However, just showing up to a, uh, an antebellum party and getting canceled for it, that doesn't get you on the cancel culture Olympics. That's nothing. The apology came thusly, however, from Kirkconnell. She said, at one point, I didn't recognize how offensive and racist my actions were, but that doesn't accuse them. To remind you, she went to a sorority party where she wore a nice dress. That's essentially what she did. I am sorry to the communities and individuals that my actions, this is the uh, Kirkconnell apology, by the way, uh, actions were harmed and offended. If you are a person who doesn't understand the offense in question, I ask you, I urge you, to learn from my mistakes and encourage you to use them as a teachable moment. Racial progress and unity are impossible without white accountability. Ah, it's such a great apology. I feel fantastic about it. Now, you might think, you know, getting canceled for that. I mean, that's, uh, what, that's not a, it's not an Olympic event. Well, it goes further than that. The host of The Bachelor then did an interview about her going to a sorority party three years ago. And here's how that went. What are your thoughts about Rachel Kirkconnell and the allegations attached to her? A couple of things. First and foremost, I don't know. Um, I haven't talked to Rachel about it. And, and this is, again, where we all need to have a little grace, a little understanding, a little compassion, because I've seen some stuff online. Grace. Again, <gasps> this judge, jury, executioner thing where people are just tearing this girl's life apart and diving into, like, her parents and her parents' voting record. And what it's, it's unbelievably alarming to watch this. I haven't heard Rachel speak on this yet. And until I actually hear this woman have a chance to speak, who am I to say any of this? Um, you know, I saw a picture of her at a sorority party five years ago, and that's it. Oh, how dare you, evil Chris Harrison, for not wanting her life to be ruined over a college party she went to three years ago and one picture coming out about it. You bastard. Luckily, Chris Harrison was here to apologize for it for the entire incident. He said, while I do not speak for Rachel Kirkconnell, my intentions were simply to ask for grace in offering her an opportunity to speak on her own behalf. What I now realize I have done is cause harm by wrongly speaking in a manner that perpetrates racism. And for that, I am so deeply sorry. Ugh, I actually started this segment thinking, I, you know, I kind of feel bad for these guys that got canceled after reading these apologies. Screw them. Congratulations. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations to my friends, of course, Rachel and Chris. Rachel and Chris, they are. They've won the silver medal at the Cancel Culture Olympics. All right, this last one's really good. Gold medal goes to Smith College. 
uh, in the midsummer of 2018, a black student at Smith College recounted distressing American tale. She was eating lunch at a dorm lounge when a janitor and a campus police officer walked over and asked her what she was doing there. All I did was be black, she wrote. It's outrageous that some people question my being at Smith College and my existence overall as a woman of color. I don't know how they did that exactly. The New York Times, The Washington Post, CNN picked up the story of a young female student harassed by white workers. The ACLU, which took the student's case, said she was profiled. I hate this for eating wild black. Less attention was paid three months later when a law firm hired by Smith College to investigate the episode found no persuasive evidence of bias. The student was determined to have eaten in a deserted dorm that had been closed for the summer. The janitor had been encouraged to notify security if he saw unauthorized people there. And the officer, like all campus police, was unarmed. So none of the things that she said happened actually happened. Uh, this is a, an elite student paying $78,000 a year, roughly, to go to this school, which, by the way, cannot possibly be worth it. Just so you know, you dunces. If you're that, you're that smart and you're paying $78,000 a year to go to Smith College, really? Is that really how this works? Okay. Um, student workers were not supposed to use this cafeteria. Um, it was reserved for a summer camp program for young children. Um, and a, a lot of this was because they wanted to make sure it was clear and safe for the children. A janitor who was in his 60s and poor of sight was emptying garbage cans when he noticed someone in the closed lounge. All involved with the summer camp were required, required, to have state background checks and campus police had advised staff it was wisest to call security rather than confront strangers on their own. The janitor noticed, uh, the, it says, the janitor noticed her black skin but made no mention of that to the dispatcher. The student was in the shadows. He was not sure if he was looking at a man or a woman. She would later accuse the janitor of misgendering her. The, uh, she wrote on Facebook, it's outrageous that some people, quest uh, people question me being at Smith and my existence overall as a woman of color. Of course, this led to the head of the university pandering and saying how terrible this was with apologies, apologies, apologies. Um, Miss, Mrs. Blair was the person, uh, this is the, uh, one of the people who got in trouble for this. She was born and raised and lives in Northampton with her husband, a mechanic, and makes $40,000 a year. Within days of being accused of being a racist, she said she found notes in her mailbox taped to her car window. Racist, read one. People called her at her home. You should be ashamed of yourself, a caller said. You don't deserve to live, said another. Smith College put out a short statement noting Mrs. Blair had not placed the call to security, but did not absolve her of broader responsibility. Ms. McCartney, the head of the college, uh, called her and briefly apologized, but of course did not make that apology public. The report cleared Ms. Blair altogether and found no sufficient evidence of discrimination by anyone else involved, including the janitor who called campus police. Absolutely incredible. Uh, the head of the college said the report validated the student's lived experience, notably that she felt uh, the fear she felt at the sight of the police officer. I finish it with this. This past autumn, the university furloughed Blair and the other workers signing, uh, citing the coronavirus and the empty dorms. Ms. Blair applied for an hourly job with a local restaurant. The manager set up a Zoom interview and she said, when she saw uh, Ms. Blair, she asked, aren't you the one that was involved in that incident? Oh, yes, she was. So congratulations to all you random janitors and cafeteria workers. You've won 
the gold medal at the Cancel Culture Olympics, and you no longer have a job. Isn't life fair? Look, are you buying or selling a home? You know where to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the place to go. Why? Because these agents are screened already. You don't have to worry about figuring out who the best one is, who the worst one is. You go to realestateagentsitrust.com and you can find a real estate agent you can trust. We've been talking about these guys for a while. This is the best uh, you're going to do. These are the best agents in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find them. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Joined now by Gregory Bach. He is the uh, author of the 2006 book, The Real America. Uh, is he's, I guess he's on Blaze TV as well. Uh, his newest special is uh, uh, Control Freaks, The Great Reset Overlords Who Will Ruin Run that Your was, Life. That was, that was yesterday. Yeah. That, was, that was yesterday. I, right, yes. Yeah. You can check it out on and Blaze I'm TV. And I'm not Gregory <laughs> Bach, and uh, why would you promote a book that was the first book I ever wrote? Uh, well, I mean, I just want to make sure people can, you know, in case yeah. they have it. Do you, do, you have an, do you have an opinion? Yeah. Just say, you've never been asked this question uh, in an interview. Okay. Do you have an opinion of what your worst book is? <laughs> you've released like 150 I would say books. the ones that you worked on. Okay, yeah, those are towards the top of the list. Uh, yeah, probably, it might be Real America. Really? Yeah, or it might be the one right before the last one. Uh the, oh, uh, I thought that the outrage. I one, thought it was really good. It was really good. I thought that but was I good. I don't think it connected. Yeah, I think there was a. It yeah. wasn't the mode of the the mood of the people. Yeah. I would say people were the, outraged. The one we're and they writing to be outraged. Yeah, <laughs> the one we were the one we're writing right now is probably your. I think you're gonna be part of it. This is the right, this is one on the Great Reset. Yeah, have mm -hmm. you been spoken to about this? I've yet? heard a little bit. I've heard the, so the rumblings. So the uh, this is going to be the hardest one because I want to write it completely differently. I, you know, we're always snarky and everything else, but I have yeah. a very distinct voice that I want to go through this book, and it's going to be hard because we're it. This is such an important topic that. It's almost like Common Sense. The first big book that we wrote was Common Sense. Mm -hmm. I can't say that. No, no the convenient book was Yeah, was and a also Christmas Sweater sold millions of copies. So it was a big book. It was a big book. Um, but the big, probably the biggest sales-wise, right? I, I, common Sense was probably the biggest one of all time, of all of them. Christmas Sweater. Christmas Sweater? Yeah, and then Common Sense. Okay. So anyway, um, but it is, it's, this next one is more like that, where it is more of a humble reflection of what we're about to lose and um, what you have to, I said on the air today, you have to learn um, that the world you think you're living in no longer exists. It doesn't exist. We are living not in what it's going to be, but we're living now in the very tumultuous uh, transition period. And I don't know how long that lasts. And there's really a couple of ways it ends. Revolution, but it could be like the Industrial Revolution, which didn't have any arms, but it also could be like the French Revolution. Uh, and the other way is um, uh, autocratic control just absolute lockdown China-style control. 
And I'm not talking just about America. I'm talking about the entire world. Uh, because everyone, if you look around the world, the entire world is being dislodged. It, it's because we're in a information revolution. You know, it's interesting. I think over the past uh, 50 to 100 years, um, the generalized vibe of the world, if I may, was that the American system was the best one. Mm -hmm. And then there were others that competed with it, usually through dictatorship, uh, authoritarian means, that uh, people usually, in the free world, looked down upon it. Like they said, okay, well, you know, Zimbabwe, you know, they shouldn't be doing, they shouldn't be doing business like that. You know, sure, Europe had a different version. They were more to the left than we were. And there was mm -hmm. different shades of it. But the idea of, a de of democratic elements um, with a somewhat market-based economy and, you know, some middling level of, of you know, safety net mm -hmm. was the sort of package that everyone mm -hmm. seemed to think was the ideal and the others weren't. Um, that seems to be changing. Where no, the, the, see, the, now, that's, this is a really good point. Um, great question uh, or statement. But I have to correct you on it's not changing. It already has changed. Mm. And let me let me explain. OK. Do you remember us mocking years ago, maybe maybe close to 20 years ago, these intellectuals, these business people, these international statesmen that would come back and say the future is China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Remember that? Mm -hmm. The way China is doing business, that's the future. Do you, you've heard a million times um, that we're going to be left in the dust because China, the government leads the industries and it says you develop this, you develop that. Mm -hmm. It's all central control with um, some free market uh, involvement. It's not truly a free market. No. You play by their rules, period. But you can get rich. Everybody else is just an eater or a worker. Okay? That is the system that we are now headed towards. Isn't one of the, part of the strengths of that system for what it is? Because, I mean, Russia has a version of, of this type of thing as well. Isn't that's more mob control. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, the mob is the Communist Party it's yes. still. But in in Russia, it's mob mob. A mixed economy, though, where yeah. you have that. One of the strengths of that was the uh, having a, um, a bountiful United States to spend money on these things. So the mark like they had the control in their country. If they just did it as an isolated country, it wouldn't work. The international trade helped. Right prop up that country and helped it grow. And that was largely because we we were such a success story. If we turn into China, then there's no success story to be leeching off of. I'm not saying this is a good plan. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and also remember, America is the big bad guy to the rest of the world now. Right. Um, and we are shortly going to deserve that label because of what we're doing to our currency. Remember, in the first Bretton Woods agreement, we said we'd never leave the gold standard. If you just take our dollars, they'll be like gold. The second one, we said we would be the biggest buyer of products from your countries. Mm -hmm. This time, we're completely broke. We are, we're flat broke with debt that has never been accumulated before. 
We're not those people anymore. We can't guarantee that bargain anymore. So you know what? Make them pay. Take their stuff. Take their stuff. They owe you. Mm -hmm. They've screwed this whole world up. They owe you. That's about, that's way we are going to be perceived by the rest of the world. It doesn't seem wise for us to run face first into this glass door. No, Sounds it like a will leave a mark. Does sound like a bad idea. Um, let me switch gears a little bit before, uh, before we uh, go. You have Tulsi. Oh, Greg Brock isn't big enough for you to <laughs> well, have. Did Greg Brock get Tulsi Gabbard today? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Greg Brock and Greg his Brock podcast. is going to be interviewing Tulsi Gabbard. Now, if you're a Blaze subscriber, and you should know, all the good Blaze subscribers are here now. Mm-hmm. There's some others, though. I mean, if you mm-hmm. know them, you can tell them about it. Obviously, they're bad people for not being here now. But, you know, generally speaking, you know, let them know. They get it first. They get this first every week. I don't know if they know this. Uh, if you don't see it pop up in your feed, maybe you don't notice it. The Glenn Beck podcast is a here first every single week. Yeah. This week, it's Tulsi Gabbard. And I, I'm pretty interested in this conversation because I don't fully understand her. I don't get it. That is my first question. <laughs> that I don't, is my I don't first, get you. I don't, I yeah. don't know what to think of you. And, and, and it's refreshing. Yes, I like and that. And is it, is it you're a former crazy socialist liberal that worked for Bernie Sanders and campaigned for him, but now have seen the light? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it that you are um, somebody who is a socialist, but you don't hate America? That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Or is it you're a reflection of what we used to be? Somebody that we could argue all day on policies on, but we have the same principle so we get along fine. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's why she's interesting, I think. Her answer is interesting. Because that's where we started. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. that's a... She, you know, because even if you go back further, her dad was known to be extremely conservative. Yeah, very conservative. Um, uh, she was seemingly that way for a while. Mm-hmm. Then she became extremely liberal. At least mm-hmm. to my perception, she was one of the more liberal members of Congress. And the last three bills that she tried to put through before she left were like almost like Gledbeck bills. You're like, <laughs> what? Is- what? What happened? So, would, uh, and did you get into where she's going from here as well? Yeah, and uh, we, uh, we also got into the military with her, which mm. I think is really important. What's happening with the military right now? That's we talked another to, one. That's yeah. really interesting because yeah. you hear someone who served the country yeah. and is also like super against military action. I mean, uh, maybe is their most defining policy characteristic. Here's a question you're going to want to hear the answer to. Tulsi, you're in the military. Did you not say anything when you found it riddled with right-wing extremists? Mm. What did you see though? Because you've been in the military a long time. Is that who our military is? That's interesting. I mean, she's obviously served, and she, I, 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 she strikes me as someone who is patriotic, who loves the country. She does. Um, but that's this is going to be a great conversation. And if you happen to not be a subscriber, if you're watching on Pluto TV or whatever, you can still get the podcast. Uh, it is available on Saturday. Uh, Saturday, 3 p.m. It, it uh, drops, I think. Yeah. Uh, it is on Saturday for sure. But you can get it at blazetv.com uh, slash Glenn. Or slash two, since it's the show you're on is... Oh, yeah, I guess two. Slash two. You get 30 bucks off either way, so just put a name in there. I will say um, uh, you get great conversations new every weekend uh, if you you subscribe to the podcast. So subscribe to that podcast, Glenn Beck Program, uh, this one as well. And remember, promo code Greg Brock. (laughs) That's not going to...
It's not going to save it? you any any dollars, but it may get you a free uh, version of uh, the Real America, Glenn's worst book. <laughs> Uh, uh, Glenn Beck, the new special, by the way, if you're a subscriber, you can check that out on demand. Control really freaks, important. The Great Reset Overlords Who Will Ruin, Run, Your Life. Be sure to watch it on demand, blazetv.com slash stew or blazetv.com slash Greg Bach. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> Greg, thanks for coming on the program. You're welcome, right. uh, Steve. Back in a second. That's actually, actually my real... Some more really positive news about the uh, series of vaccines that we now have for coronavirus. Of course, one of the first things they did, Group 1A, pretty much everywhere all across the country, were nursing home residents. Get these people vaccinated first. We're going to be able to hopefully see some real results. We know the numbers overall have been dropping. What's interesting is when you dive into the numbers and look at the split between the average regular population as it separates from nursing homes. Look at this chart. It's from the New York Times uh, today. And what you see is the red line, deaths among nursing home residents. Once the vaccination kicks in, they drop really fast. Really, all the rest of uh, everybody else is kind of staying around the same area. There hasn't been a huge, huge drop. Uh, it's almost exclusively coming from nursing home deaths. Now, obviously, it's much worse for people in nursing homes. But the, that fact that the fall is coming this uh, seriously, this quickly, right after vaccines um, have been uh, implemented in nursing homes uh, all over America is a really positive sign that this thing might finally be behind us very soon. Back in a second. Research found the average EMS response time is 37 minutes. In an emergency, that's a lot of freaking time. You need to have a bare first aid kit from Refuge Medical. A uh, bare first aid kit is guaranteed uh, for life. It exceeds military specification for individual first aid kits. It's also used by military personnel in 14 countries. I don't know if you live in Texas, you, you've realized this lately. You better be prepared for everything. You gotta be prepared. RefugeMedical.com. You're gonna get 15% off all their first aid kits. Make sure you have this. Uh, you want to be prepared. A lot of people think of food. You think of water. You don't always think of the first aid kit as part of this. You gotta have it, and you gotta have a good one um, in case something bad does happen. Uh, the first aid kits. Uh, you can get 15% off with the promo code Stu. Use the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get that 15% off. Why not take the free money? RefugeMedical.com. RefugeMedical.com. The promo code is Stu. Welcome back to the studio. Uh, apparently the future governor of Texas, Mr. Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show right here on Blaze TV. Chad, thanks for coming by. I like the optimism. Yeah. <laughs> I love the optimism. We're diving right in. Look at, look at this. I have taken, I've taken lazy to a whole new, uh, I've hit the default button on my apathy. Yeah. <laughs> right there. I've gone right back to it. Uh, I got dressed up for the show. Mm -hmm. I, always, I always feel like I need to dress down when I'm around you and Glenn. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man. We, I'm, I'm, I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Do you know, as soon as I announced that I was going to run for governor, people went crazy. They jumped on it and they went they went nuts. And people are like, why are you doing this? And I said, because Greg Abbott has never been opposed by anybody on the right. His entire political mm -hmm. career in Texas, he's never really been opposed by anybody on the right. And I'm not convinced the guy is really, truly a conservative. I think he's bought out by big business and I could get into a lot of other accusations that are there that <laughs> might land me in court. But I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just think that somebody's got to get out there and stir the conversation. So 
I, I, when I talk to you about this, I feel like I can't tell if I'm talking to like Donald Trump in 2014. Right. Right. Like I can't quite tell if you're serious, but I'm not convinced you're not serious. No, I, I'm in it. Uh, what does that mean? I, you're I spent it? the day talking with political consultants yesterday. We're still at a point where we filed with the state. You did. Yeah. Filed so you were like state. an official candidate for I'm governor. In a, I am now uh, recognized by the state. I am under their uh, watchful eye. Is that like an exploratory committee? How does that work? No, for you governor? don't have don't... to do that in Texas. Okay. You don't have to have an exploratory committee, uh, but you do have to register with the state. You have to declare with the state. You have to file documents. Uh, it's basically um, uh, you got to make sure that everything is is on the up and up. Sure. So we're in the dotting the I's, crossing the T's, because I don't know what in the hell I'm doing. Stu. I mean, I don't know what in the hell oh, this I'm is doing. a good slogan for your campaign. This, this is uh, yeah, vote for me. <laughs> a vote for Chad that. Prather is a vote for mystery. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. But I love the state of Texas. I'm pissed off. People say, you know, whether it's a mask mandate or whatever, I just want to unmandate the state. Mm-hmm. I really want to unmandate the state. I, I think that, uh, you know, people kept telling me they were like, you know, Texas needs to be more like South Dakota. And yes, Christy Noem has done a good job as governor of South Dakota. But this is Texas. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like anybody but Texas. But Texas is not the Texas that most Texans think it is anymore. So, I mean, South Dakota doesn't have its own toast. We in Texas have a toast. We have we have waffle irons in the shape of our state. We wear bikinis. Well, I don't, but the girls wear bikinis in in the colors of our flag. Right. This is Texas, and and I want us to be able to kind of have that humble arrogance again, walk tall and and be bigger than we are. And I just don't feel like we are at this stage in the game. So yeah, I'm serious about it. Yeah. Uh, of course, I'm I'm a comedian. I'm a humorist. I make a living doing this. I have to continue making a living doing those things in the meantime. Right. And a lot of people are having a hard time reconciling that because as soon as you would make that announcement, yeah. people say it's time for you to get political. It's time for you to right. act serious about this. And I say, well, yes and no, because there's a lot of politicians out there who are pretty serious. They've never done really anything for us. Right. So so if that's the criteria is let's get serious, uh, then I, I think we, we are putting the wrong categories together in terms of how we judge our political candidates. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so isn't. Uh, this is a dumb question. I mean, it, it just there's no dumb questions. Stu. <laughs> okay, isn't it? Isn't there like lots of like financial requirements yeah. and all sorts of crap you got to keep up with compliance yeah. wise to do this? I mean, is it? If you're not serious, it's not worth the effort to go this far, right? No. Well, first of all, if you're not serious, uh, there's there's a lot of pitfalls and pratfalls that are there, and a lot of stuff can bite you in the ass. Quite honestly, if you're if you're not serious about it, why would you make yourself a glutton for punishment and put yourself out there for that kind of scrutiny? People keep saying, "Oh, you got skeletons in your closet." And I'm like, "We burned this closet down a long time ago. <laughs> the bones are out in yeah. the yard. I mean, uh-huh. they're all hanging out out there." Um, I've sort of lived a rock star life for a long time, and 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 I've enjoyed it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I can get serious, and, and we are serious. We, we spent the day yesterday talking to political consultants, people who are just kind of guiding us and, and helping us and, and making sure that we're doing the right things. Uh, one of our web developers popped up a donation site too early, and we had to immediately pull that Uh-oh. thing down okay. mm-hmm. because people were sending $5, $10 here and there. Yeah. And uh, I said, no, we're not ready yet because we had, we had filed with the state, but we didn't get the approval back from the state. And there's little things like technically once you've filed with the state, even if they haven't yeah. stamped it, 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 you filed. I mean, it's there. You've sent it in. Uh, but you still want to be careful. 
Yeah, it makes like me, that whole world makes me nervous. It does, man. You got to put disclaimers on everything, you know, yeah. paid for Chad Prather for governor. Right. Uh, you got to have the, the copyright stuff on everything. You, I mean, you have to dot, like, I mean, I'm in the apparel business, right? We sell t-shirts yep. for a living. Yep. And uh, it's one of my businesses and it's a big business. We have our Prather for governor stuff that's out there. Now we have to change the nature of that because if we put any of that stuff up there, you're not buying a t-shirt, at least a campaign t-shirt, you're donating to the right, campaign and right. we'll send you a shirt. Right. It, it's that kind of stuff that it's a little bit hokey. It's a little bit weird. I hate that that level of bureaucracy exists, but it does. But it does. It, it does. does. Um, Texas had Kinky Friedman yeah, famously yeah. run for governor and, and actually did pretty well. I mean, he I don't remember great. what he did percentage wise, but it was significant. Well, you know, the thing that was kind of funny about Kinky, his famous quote was, well, how hard can it be? <laughs> Great slogan. And so I try to say I'm a little more serious than kinky and less crazy than Jesse Ventura. Okay. Right? Right Right in that sweet spot. Yeah, right there in that. uh, At the end of the day, I do love this state, and I think that there's some things that need to happen in this state that at least need to be brought up for, for conversation. You know, there's things that I believe in, like you take, a, take an issue, constitutional carry. You know, there's what, 17 states in America, maybe 18 states in America that have constitutional carry. You would think that Texas of all places I would, yeah. would, would reduce the requirements on what it takes to carry a gun in this state. Uh, Oklahoma does it, for crying out loud. You would think Texas would do things like that. Uh, there's issues, I think, that, that are out there that the conversation needs to be. We talk about Texit. Some people kind of take that as a joke or even how dare you, you treasonous person to talk about. But Kyle Biederman, you know, state rep Kyle Biederman, he's, he's introduced a bill for Texit, which basically is not saying we need to secede from the union. Right. But we need to have that. We need to be able to have that right to be able to say that, you know, we can go back to be our own republic and, and give it to the people of Texas to vote on it. Yeah. And, let the, you know, if the House resolution's on the floor, let the people of Texas vote for it and, and then and then say, OK, that's one thing that we can use as a leveraging point to say, you know, we could go back to being our own our own little deal here. Right. And it leverages against the federal government, especially when you see what's going on with Joe Biden and this administration and this world of executive orders we're living in. So what is Abbott doing wrong? I mean, I, I, with the mask mandate seems to be the main <coughs> thing that people I think that I know at least can complain about. Certainly my wife, who's on your show all the sure, time. Yeah. Uh, that's her main focus as to why Greg Abbott is uh, doing things wrong. Well, you know, what else is he doing wrong? I mean, he he I, he doesn't. He doesn't make the splashy speeches you'd get from a Ted Cruz yes. or, uh, yeah. you know, like one of these like more in the media conservatives. But yeah. what is what's what's he doing wrong? I think the issue is he's treating us like children. I think he's he's treating Texans like children. Uh, let's let's take let's go back and look. We had coronavirus. We had the mandates shut down a lot of business. Uh, it hurt a lot of industry. Now you have a Joe Biden administration, which is hurting more industry in Texas. We had the big freeze last week, which yeah. hurt industry in Texas. There's going to be people uh, on a personal level who are financially struggling. I mean, your own house got flooded. Yeah, no I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, these are expensive issues yeah. that happened in the state. And people are kind of being hamstrung in their ability to deal with all of these things on a professional level. And, and I want I, what I want Greg Abbott to do is come back and say, I want Texans to have personal liberty. I want, to, I want you to be free and I want to treat you like an adult. I love what Christy Noam says. She said that uh, I said it and apparently she said it too. So I'm going to give her the credit for it. But, you know, the mask mandates, there's a time and a place for masks. I believe that if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. There's an appropriate mask. There's an appropriate time and place for that sure. mask. But to treat them like children, p- treat people like children and say, you must do this, we must shut this down, we've got to limit capacities, 
uh, I went on a walk this morning, believe it or not. I went on a walk for a couple of miles downtown Fort Worth. All the people I passed in the street, uh, you know, for like two or three miles, two people walking around outside weren't wearing masks. Wow. I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird to me. It is weird. I mean, especially the New York Times came out this week and said there are no, zero known cases globally yeah. of outdoor transmission except for close contact and conversation. Right. So, I mean, like, this is not even a thing. I mean, yeah. even the Times says it. Scientists have been saying it the whole time. Yeah. But people get in this thing. I think it's, it's almost more of a cultural statement at this point, mm-hmm. which I think is such a big problem with this. Like, people aren't making these decisions as to whether they think it's right. going to to help or hurt they are doing they are making these decisions based on like what team they're on or you know how they're going to get back at their you know more conservative or more liberal relative yeah it's sort of a like that cultural thing has dominated everything now yeah and another thing we tend to focus on the coronavirus and in those kind of mandates but bringing big business from California into Texas is another thing that's going to bite us in the rear end Mm. Uh, in the long run you're importing I mean we're already getting really purple All of our major cities have gone blue. The state in and of itself has gotten very, very purple in terms of the voting results going back to the Cruz-O'Rourke deal in 2018. Uh, And and we're seeing more and more of that trend. Uh, To the degree that we continue to import these executives and all of these people who are being transferred from California with their politics into state. And what Greg Abbott's done is he's thrown the doors open. He said to Tesla, come on in. Let's do this thing. Uh, There's some other issues that are out there. Uh, You know, other countries that own land and and are doing business here in Texas. Those things have got to end. Yeah. It's just bad. It's bad for business in Texas. All right. Let me give you um, a chance to rate some of the people you might be working with yeah, okay. uh, around the country. Yeah. Christy Nome, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of kept things open, uh, pretty pretty free from the beginning. Do you like Christy Nome? Do you like what she does? I like her, uh, but I will I will qualify it and say that uh, I love her story and I, I love the background and I love what she's done. But South Dakota is not Texas. Yeah, we have thing. we have 30 million people here. That's not South Dakota. Uh, there's some there's some really big cities here in this state. So to compare the two states, it just is not. Is not no, it's no, not. It's not going to Rapid that. City is not. No? Rapid City okay. is not Dallas, Texas. All right, well, let's go to a bigger state then. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida. I like Ron. Uh, yeah. You know, I've looked at Ron, and, and he's probably the most conservative governor that's out there. And I and I kind of love the cojones on the guy because he's just willing to come out there and say, screw the system. Let's you know. Yeah. It, and it's put a target on him in a big way. We'll see it, how it happens. But he's at the end of the day, he's given the local municipalities and the mayors the right to enforce certain things in their own cities. You go to West Palm Beach, it's going to be different from Pensacola. I mean, there, there's no masks in the panhandle of Florida, right? Yeah. And, and, but, but at the end of the day, masks or no masks, he's opened it up for business in a big, big way. Yeah, I definitely found it interesting traveling between Texas and Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a mask mandate that there or here. They don't have one there. I didn't notice much difference, though. No. I mean, it, it felt the same. I mean, you yeah. st- still every place you went in in Florida still wanted you to have a mask on. Yeah. Um, and, and some places will call you out if you don't. Some won't. Um, wasn't a huge difference. Uh, let me go the other way. Gavin Newsom. Uh, well, uh, we're currently doing a campaign right now where we're uh, we're people are donating at WatchChad.com. We're sending Pelosi poo to Nancy, the little squeeze balls. <laughs> I took your lead on the Nancy Pelosi sucks oh, pin. That's good. And 
uh, the, we got little squeeze balls of the poop emoji. We also have Newsom burgers, and mm. uh, because it's it's my campaign of don't California my Texas, mm-hmm. and so Gavin's just is greasy. You compare him to uh, Ron DeSantis and the numbers in terms of coronavirus numbers. DeSantis is way down compared to the spikes that are going on in California, and they're using Gestapo tactics to really shut down everything that's going on in California. It's a bad place to do business. Got really big real estate friends right here in Texas. They said every house we're selling in Dallas. Fort Worth is somebody moving from New York or California. It's incredible. I mean, it's going to really change the balance of the country when this thing is over, I think. Yeah, it really um, is. Uh, let's go to uh, New York, my man, yeah. Andrew Cuomo, right here. He's a bum. Yeah, he is a bum. Uh, he's apparently been hiding data and uh, harassing his employees. Feeling people up. Yeah. I mean, when I saw the image of that guy with nipple rings, it was an image that I was not <laughs> able to quickly get out is of my that brain. real? Yeah. Yeah. You think he really, I, mean, oh, I would not put it past him. I just, of course, the guy's got a freaky side, mm. and I'm not a kink shamer at all, No, but the guy's freaky. Uh, and so I don't put anything past the Como family, I'll put mm-hmm. it that way, and, and Andrew, of course, is being right at the top there. The guy's a pinhead. Um, you, 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 history's not going to be kind to Andrew Como, I can tell you that. Because all this stuff was buried. Like, you know, we, we, the coronavirus outbreak in New York originally was because all these Ital- folks were coming over from Italy, a uh, huge Italian population in New York, people living on top of each other, they're breathing all the same air, there's 12 million people on the island. Right. And uh, now we're learning a whole different deal. It was a complete mismanagement on the part of leadership in Cuomo's, the one right there who needs to be to blame. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely true. I, I- I could talk about Cuomo every single day, and I, I basically do. Um, uh, last question, uh, Lisa Page, mm-hmm. my wife, mm-hmm. on your show regularly, mm-hmm. uh, how's she doing? Lisa, as you well know, makes coffee nervous. Yeah. <laughs> she is a bundle. Yeah. She is a four-foot-nothing bundle of mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it, quite honestly. Uh, and you've done it for what two decades? Yes. Now, so many, Some... yeah. <laughs> Gosh, many decades, many decades. Yeah. No, I mean going back a long time. Yeah. Now. Those are like dog years. Yeah, it's true. Very Chihuahua shaky dog years. <laughs> Very high energy little ball of fur. Uh, I love having Lisa on the show, and uh, she's a part of the family now. And uh, she adds so much. And, and unfortunately, she catches some of the crap that's intended for me. because yeah, she does. She, she does. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, she came from a like a top 40, like mm-hmm. music background and stuff. And, you know, you never, she never had to deal with any of that stuff. Yeah. And the second she starts saying, you know, she likes lower taxes or whatever, she's evil. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. it's so out of it's so yeah. out of her normal experience. We uh, we uh, we can talk politics all day long. and She has something to offer. But when I say Britney Spears, oh. she is on. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Oh, that's she's, she's, she's ready to talk up. about it. She's I've been there the whole time. Yeah. Back when Britney was like, whatever, 17 years old. <laughs> I was with Lisa and she liked Britney then. <clears throat> I she I you know we went to see Britney at her stage show in uh, Vegas. In Vegas. And yeah. uh, she, I, she looked like she was on about 16 pounds of sedatives doing the yeah. show, but she still pulled it off. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so my wife, Lisa Page, is on with Chad Prather. Make sure you uh, check that out. Uh, she's uh at Lisa Page, maybe do it on Instagram. You can follow her there, and you can get uh, Chad Prather, of course, on Instagram as well, and right here on Blaze TV, the Chad Prather Show. Uh, go to blazetv.com/stu. The promo code is stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you get thirty bucks off. This is the last week for that, so you got to sign up now. Mm-hmm. Don't miss Chad Show and all the other great shows here on the Blaze. Chad. Thanks. Uh, good luck in the race. Hey, a vote for Chad is a vote for mystery. <laughs> there you go. I don't think that's a good slug. Now we're going to bury that one. I don't know what consultants you talked to yesterday, but you should get some new ones. <laughs> firing up PR guy. <laughs> All right, back in a second.
Tomorrow's your last day for 30 bucks off your Blaze TV subscription. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. The promo code is Stu. Don't miss it. Um, a woman got a tattoo, uh, and she wanted to show how brave she was. And the problem was she got it right before a global pandemic hit, and it doesn't exactly reflect what she meant it to say anymore. Uh, here's the tattoo. It says, courageously and radically refuse to wear a mask. Now, the point was, I guess, like, I'm not going to hide or something. Uh, Some dumb statement of, like, I'm out there and I'm not going to hide behind a mask. And then, of course, the pandemic thing happened. And now everyone thinks she's like some evil anti-masker.